this is the first episode of the audio only version of the strat chapter the topic hour during my live streams today we're going to be talking about training partners who are you training with and in-game resources such as the ex bar and v meter how exciting i'm going to start doing audio exclusive um, uploads as well as video exclusive because I go over replay sometimes and that takes place so much on the screen that I'm not gonna be able to translate it too well into an audio format alone so I thought I would even things out by having also audio only exclusive content I'll talk about that more in the future but for now here's the first ever audio only episode of the strat chapter topic of the day who are you training with bro you ever you ever ask yourself that i can't i don't think i've ever asked myself that you know i always talk about fighting games being a one player game or people look at it as a one player game but it's always one versus one that's for sure you versus your friends at the house you and cpu in arcade mode pretending like you're playing people or in battle lounge or in ranked match or an attorney bracket. It's always you versus someone else. It's like you versus the world. But one thing I never ask myself is, you know, who do you play against the most? What type of player do you play against most often? Now, think about ranked match. You're, you're playing a wide range of skill sets in short bursts. So if you think about it like that, it's probably the least effective way to train. You're always playing a different level of skill of player. And so you're never really getting a consistent idea of how a particular demographic plays. And especially if you're in a lower rank, you're only playing up to a certain extent, right? Unless you're fighting a smurf or something like that. So if I was to average out, or you, any of you guys who are diamond and ab above, where the pool opens up, if you were to base your average training training partner because that's what these guys are if you're not in the tournament you're you're training for something at least you should be you're going up against what average probably super diamond level between super and ultra diamond level players you're playing a lot of diamond a lot of a lot of master maybe some grandmaster and some ugm but then it averages out to maybe like super diamond level right well then super diamond is the is your most consistent level of training partner so if you're spending a lot of your time, even if you're a more skilled player, but you're spending most of your time playing against super diamond level players, you're going to develop super diamond habits that work against that particular demographic, but then will not translate as well when you play against someone of a higher level. That's why we have people who are very high rank, but if, you sp if they're spending all their time beating a certain demographic, they're still going to have troubles with the same level people that everyone else has problems with. See what I'm saying? So even if you lose to a Grandmaster 2-0, oh well, oh well, I'll just beat the next four Diamond players and we'll get right back on point. So that's the grind. Now, yeah. So I, I never really thought about Super Diamond being the level in which I probably test myself with the most. I don't battle lounge enough. Ranked is like my number one go-to. And so even if you think about outside of ranked, I would say I play Super Diamond players the most or like something within that range, you know? 
and it kind of works in the opposite way if you think about it. Let's say, for example, that Views asked to play me. He plays me in a first of 50. I beat the shit out of him. But he thinks to himself, I have a better idea of the Akuma matchup now. Now I can go up against any Akuma in my range, and I should be able to beat him. But you're only used to playing a UGM or GM level Akuma. So now when you play a Platinum level Akuma, and they are not on the ground for two seconds, you still lose. And you're wondering yourself, I've been, I just trained against with a Grandmaster Akuma for a first of 50. And here I am playing a Diamond Akuma or, or a Platinum Akuma, and I just get my ass whipped and ranked. What the fuck, man? I am not learning at all. The the the, the um, archetype is totally different. You know. So if you're if you're playing against me, for example, and I, and because I'm know that I'm playing against a lower rank player, I never really um, jump or anything like that or demon flip. I'm just playing with crouch medium kick fireball DP, and you think, okay, I got the I I got this. And then right when you go into ranked, you play this platinum, he's just fucking going crazy and beats your ass, and you're like, what the fuck? All that training for nothing. No, you're. but next time you play a higher level Akuma, maybe that'll help you out more. But you need to understand what type of play you're up against. And if you really sit and hone in on a particular training partner, which is what this is all about, who your training partners are, it will help you in that matchup as long as you can gauge their skill level. BDN says, you know what's funny? It's like I lost to an Akuma who only held up forward and either jumped or did air fireball. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so this could be a major hindrance to your overall performance when you're playing these short burst. Ranked is the least effective way. I don't even, th I don't even think ranked is good for pool play necessarily. I think there's better ways to do that. So the question is, who should you be playing against? Who should you be playing against? Anyone who's given you just enough of a problem to beat you, but also not overwhelming you with a hundred different problem, other problems, you know? That's why I always recommend that when people um, challenge me, like someone like Views challenges me, and because he wants to get an idea of how to play this game, it's like he's learning how to add and subtract, but he's just taking an Algebra 2 class. You're, you're not going to... If you don't know addition and subtraction well enough and you go into an Algebra 2 class, you just sit there like, what the fuck? Like, you're not going to leave with anything. Or there's better ways to learn something. And I would say someone who poses an issue, as we were talking about with our rivals conversation before, me and Mag were talking about people who beat you just enough to make you think, what the fuck could I do to beat this guy? If I, be, if I beat you and I'm way out of your skill range, there's a million things you need to do. There's no way you can take something away from that. It's just like, oh my God, I have so... The only thing to take away is, oh my God, I have so much to learn. But there's these players that if you just make one adjustment, you can get them. And these are the type of people you need to train against. The people that you probably don't want to play in ranked, you know? When you run to this guy in ranked, you're like, oh, I fucking hate this guy. Probably that guy. You know? Mag mentions... uh no offense to underscore, but I'm not going to learn the Kami matchup from him. Same as Kachexic. Same as even though our, our Metro is a good guy, Metro I would I, I would not I would not hit him up for the Vega matchup uh, or um, Child for the for the Balrog matchup or even Hero for the Bison matchup. Uh, these uh, those guys are all kind of the same for me. Um, or even.
Yeah, there's like a certain variety of players that just will not help you with a particular matchup. And that's another thing I wanted to talk about. I, w I remember I was um, in Brian F's stream and Tampa Bison was hitting him up for sets. And he said, and I remember uh, Brian saying, you know, this isn't going to help me with the matchup. This is going to help me with the Tampa Bison matchup. And he just didn't want to take the time. And I was noticing that when I was playing V-Trigger 2, it made me think about that. Whereas who am I really helping if I'm picking V-Trigger 2? Like who wants to who wants to play against me if I'm using V Trigger two? Oh, you want to see my V Trigger two? You want to you want to get weaseled or for that one time in ranked or like one time in ranked a year from now that you have to run into a V Trigger two Akuma, you know? So it has to be beneficial to both people, you know. That's the point of this type of stuff. Like even though it's a one player game on your side, there's another person playing the game too, and if they're not getting anything from it then no one wants to play you. And if no one wants to play you or enjoys playing you, then I just don't know how good of it it is or how much you can get from this game if you're just playing this solely for like you and you alone. That's what I'm starting to wonder. You know, because this game, a fighting game is nothing if other people don't want to play. Then you're just sitting at your house with one controller playing the CPU in arcade mode and your friends don't even want to come over because you do the same shit every time like that. I remember when we didn't know how to handle sweeps so we just told people you can't use sweep. Good morning, glitter. Or good morning, uh, Patty. So we just took out sweeps. Oh, you can't sweep. Sweeping is cheap in Tekken. We said because we didn't know how to play the game. We sweeping is cheap, so don't do sweep. And then every time someone did a low attack, I was like, oh god, what a jack off. Because we didn't want to learn the game. What's up, Sanford? Sorry, I couldn't accept the invite. Actually, we're talking about training partners, and on that note, I really feel like I need to play people like Sanford more often with a very oppressive offense. You you really make me you really force me to play defense. What's up? Thank you very much, Sanford, and welcome everyone from the fucking Sanford content stream. He's all about that content. We got content going over here too. We were just covering. Who are you training with? Are you training with the right people? Have you ever thought about that? It matters who you're training with. Now I will say that if you become a smart enough player, you could take something from any situation, just as I've mentioned before where Tokido, he plays a gold player the same way he plays any player. He, he plays you with the utmost deliberation every match. He doesn't screw around. He's learning, trying to learn something. You know? I played him. He's well out of my skill range. This dude was playing me serious. And I won one round. And even then, he, he did a demon and I just happened to dodge it. But if we're talking about people that you want to get the most from in long sets it's people who are just giving you enough of a problem just a little bit you know like that's why i feel like sanford is a good training partner for me that i should play against more because i feel like if i can make the right adjustment i can take games off of him but he always he always challenges the same problems i have and he always and he'll edge me out if i don't know how to handle that and those are the perfect types of players for me um sanford uh kevin malone chili um those are the two that come off the top of my head right now. 
BDN even, if I don't pay attention to you guys when I play and I, and I don't hone in on problem solving, you guys are gonna, you guys will beat me. Even Rich getting to that point where it's like, you know, I have to be on my game or I'm gonna go down. Those are the, those are the ones that you wanna play. Those are the people that you wanna play, the ones that just push you to persevere, but they don't do beat the shit out of you every single time you play. Like Idom, maybe I need a little bit more time before Idom is considered a sparring partner because he just beats the shit out of me every time we play. I don't really, the only thing I take from it is, man, I played bad. I, even though I really try to pay attention, you know? I, every time we play, I really try to see, like, what am I going, don't, and then I just get beat, my ass beat. So it's a little bit too much of a challenge. Like, there's too many things going on to where I can't, I can't single out any particular thing. I just know I'm getting my ass beat. And maybe I can do a little bit better than other times. But other than that, it's just, he's a little bit out of my skill range. Just a little bit. Cool Kid is really great. Cool Kid's great. Dual Kevin's great. All these guys are perfect for training partners because they let you play, but they're not taking it easy. They're just letting you play the game. You know? So for those who just came in here, uh, if you're like a lot of us here, especially myself, you spend a lot of your training time in ranked, which means you're spending your time with a variety of people. And sometimes if you're at a high enough rank, you play the same people all the time. Like I can always run into Shaq. I can always run into Metro. I can always run into Devone, which means I have a lot of Ryu and Vega practice. But you need to go out of your way to get the better training because I'm not going to learn a whole lot about the Ryu matchup just playing these guys or I need to play, you need to play someone long enough to see everything that they have. So if you're playing in ranked, you're playing a certain average skill level and you need to be probably playing a little bit better than that because it varies so much. You don't even know who you're running to. Like, the, I, like if I just spend my whole morning beating up on uh, diamond players who have a really low resolution idea of how the matchup works, that doesn't really do much. I can play someone like Kevin Malone Chili for a first at 15 and get way more stimulation, mental stimulation out of it, and probably physical stimulation as well. Mostly says, like, if I ask Stack Hill Play, Spriggan, you probably would always be willing to send in invites to people. I only reject bad connections, really. And, and I don't like beating the shit out of really, really, really low-level players. So if you're in the chat and you're a really low-level low player and you think about playing me, if you really just want some airtime and want to see what it's like to play someone at a higher level, that's fine. But you're, you're, you're going to get more playing against someone just a little bit above you. Not Like I said, you can't just figure out what 8 plus 4 is and then try to go take an Algebra 2 class thinking that you're going to take anything from that. It's just... You know? Star Tropic asks, but where do you look for people to play? No one's going to waste time with a UG or a plat play. That's just not true. I mean, send someone an invite and they might take it. I mean, when I was playing and ranked and ranked was like the most important thing to me and training was the most important thing to me, I would hit up people with invites all the time and I would only get half the accepts, you know, like I would lose to someone like just now. Uh, I just lost a true god and ranked. I was like, oh, let me hit this, send this guy an invite and he didn't have to accept, but he did. And I took something from it, you know, and who knows, we play again and ranked. Maybe the same thing happens where he just knocks me down again. And I have to figure it out. Figure it out. But those, if we were to play longer, which I recommend we, that we should, I would just get so much more from the situation. So it matters who you're playing against because if you're always playing 
diamond players or if you're a gold player and always playing gold players it's not going to necessarily help you with beating higher level players if you're not in the right mindset if you're just looking to like okay this works against gold <laughs> and then you go up against a ultra plat in um battle lounge or something you know you're, it's a miracle if you win if you're doing the things that work on gold so always try to think about what will this work on a legitimately strong player because it's all about tournament like I shouldn't say it's all about tournament because we spend so much of our time online that you can't say nothing else matters when we're spending all of our time online. How does that not matter? But when the pressure's on and there's something real on the line, like money or placement or anything like that, this is when it matters probably the most. This is when one particular match matters the most and you need to be ready for that. And you're not gonna be ready for that playing average players. Because at some point, you're going to run into someone who's good. And that's when you're going to lose. So be ready for when you fight those guys, you know? For me right now, I'm stuck at 7th place in NLBC. I haven't broke that yet. And it's a little bit of a mix of the pressure, the mental, the psychological pressure of getting that. And then also the, the caliber of player that you get when you come across a 7th place player. Like uh, last week with Saif. Um... And I made a ton of execution errors. I don't think he's out of my out of my range to beat him, but I was making so many execution errors, and he's a lot more consistent. And I just don't. Those players are kind of hard for me to understand because I feel like he probably plays like the same way every time, which actually might reinforce my point about, um, you know. I don't think he plays to weasel out the gold players. Like, cause sometimes, like Adnan is a. We were talking about Adnan earlier. He's a perfect example. He plays gold players as if like it's the same exact thing as playing like me, and then it doesn't work at all. But then he'll beat the shit out of a hundred gold players in a row and like feel happy about it. He's like the prime example of what you don't want to do. Cause he's he's gonna beat the shit out of every golden tournament. You know, he'll go two two of his first opponents are gold. But he's not going to be anyone who's fucking paying attention. Consistently. You don't want to be that player. You want to be a player where it seems like you're thinking. Or you have put thought into it, you know? Make sure the people you're playing with are quality and that you're treating every match with quality. If you can't... If you're having a hard time finding someone to play with, when you're playing ranked, just play with the assumption that you're keeping in mind that th this stuff, will it work against high level players or is this, am I just weaseling out these matches? That's why I hate my forward heavy punch so much. It's going to work for the most part, but that forward heavy punch is going to get me killed. And I know that. So if, if you develop... Um, enough of an awareness to know that these particular things won't work in a future situation, then you're on the right track. Suck Sayuki says Adnan plays fine at high level. Uh, he does not. If you find someone who punishes all your small things, that's who you want to play. Yeah. People who don't let you get away with the things that work. Yeah, exactly. Alex Nellis says, uh, wait, who are you talking about? I feel that way with my bro goes to Don, but he spends more time beating up on lower level diamonds and higher level players. 
that's the problem um with ranked is that the, you don't get to really choose your training partners it's like you either get a diamond ryu or you get a ugm balrog you don't really get to decide and it's always different every single game so as i mentioned before you kind of average out on this like super diamond level you know what works on super diamonds if you're a ugm you you know how to beat super diamonds great but that doesn't change too much when you're fighting a UGM. You know, you need to always have your mindset on will this work against someone who actually knows how to counter the situation. Treat every player as if they know the matchup. Treat every player as if they know the matchup. Not because that's a good strat, but because it's a good training regimen. If you assume that people really know the matchup, like what if I just assumed that my forward heavy punch was gonna get punished every single time? Well then don't use it. Just the assumption because am I gonna get away with that against uh Um I don't even know, I do I get away with it against everybody. Am I gonna get away with that against um Fucking whoever. Actually underscore stops it every time. So, what do you guys think about that? Funny thing about this topic, sometimes it's a waste of time to play you while you're streaming. <laughs> I agree. Because the way you don't respect people or their play or whatever, you're not actually playing for sure. Yeah. For sure. That's one of my biggest issues. My biggest issue is that I turn on and turn off when I feel like I should have to pay attention and that's garbage. That's a garbage way to think. What's the definition? Views ask, what's the definition of knowing the matchup? You ask me about any character, and I can't answer this question whatsoever. What is the definition of knowing the matchup? Well, there's a few parts to that. There's understanding their options, understanding their game plan. And the person you're playing might not even know what the character is supposed to do. You know, if you run into a um, Platinum Honda player, does he really know what you're supposed to be doing with this character, like the archetype? Or is he having fun? Like if, if you were to ask a certain player, oh, you know, what's your game plan with Honda anyway? I don't know. EX butt smash and hands? So n truly knowing a matchup is understanding what your opponent, what he wants to do with this character, you know? And knowing their options, how to, how to achieve that goal. A lot of times now for me as an Akuma player, that shit is getting him in the corner, especially with these other players. And, uh, and then Mag and Co. have been really helping me out with the, your first priority being getting you in the corner. So as a Dalsim player, what would be your goal against Akuma? Do, what, do Use your options to stay the fuck out of the corner or get out of the corner. That's the matchup. Get play keep away if I jump pa 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 keep your pa 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 teleport pa 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 all that stuff that's that's the matchup 
run away if you want to survive. This sounds like a song, but I'm not, I can't hear it in my head. Lately, I've been trying to switch up my game plan from get in, push to the corner, suffocate them to play neutral. If I, I feel them out, get the hit, push to the corner, suffocate them. Mm. Yeah, I need a I need a choose who I play a little better. Or when I do have to play certain people, I have to play them with the same level of uh, attention and uh, understand that dicking around in a matchup that you don't care about, which I do, uh, that kind of stuff can leak into your serious gameplay. <laughs> Glitter says, last topic, fighting Sagat Super, actually. I thought about doing it, but I was like, I can't put Sagat three times in a row, so we're just going to skip past that for now. And we might not even get to the Seth, to be honest. So, with that being said, I think to summarize that is just, it matters who you play. Uh, think about who you're playing, and think about what you are trying to achieve as you're playing them. And you can lose to anybody. And even if you're playing people that you don't necessarily think are better than you, there's still ways to problem solve a little bit better. Like for a perfect example is that Ryu I was playing earlier, who was doing the throw tech and a forward heavy punch. I could beat him without, without having to deal with that issue. But why don't I instead try to figure out how to solve that problem and really beat the fuck out of him? Because I think what someone like Tokido would do, if he's playing someone like me, who he's better than me, and might not be able to take anything directly from me is instead of just beating me, uh, how about beat the shit out of me? You know? Sanford asks, am I really that oppressive though? I just try to play, you are 90% offense. Even your defense is very offensive. Yeah, it's not about being smart or anything. It's about just your style. It's just your style. Yeah, it's not it's not uh stupid. It's it's real it's really strong offense. So, you know, if you are really having problems with someone, challenge them, you know? Like me and Sanford should be doing first to hundreds, first to fifties all the time, in my opinion, as well as me and uh, I mean, if I was really smart, I would be playing me and uh, Kevin Malone, Chili Sagat would be playing for a long time too. Uh, people who challenge my um, defense. Defense is my weakest attribute, I would say. So anyone who does really hardcore challenging on my defense uh, gives me more issue than people who uh, give me more room to breathe. And um, so like someone like Sanford who really pushes your defense, uh, 
I have problems with that. Or Sagat in general pushes your defense. He makes you... He doesn't allow you to just be offensive whenever you want. You actually have to like plan out your offense. So actually for Patty... Patty, Patty, Patty. Patty, Patty plays Chobo all the time. These guys play together all the time. And uh, they're like sparring partners. And you guys should be really hashing it out at the end of every time you guys play. Because... You know. The result's going to usually be the same. It doesn't have to be. Because... Frickin' Chobo and then frickin' Honda, dude. Honda. Honda, Honda, Honda. Anyway. If anyone wants to elaborate more on this topic, let me know. Otherwise, we will move on to the next one of resources. In-game resources. Oh, we've been stuck on this page for a while. Someone's got to remind me every now and then to hit the replay. Star Tropics says, yeah, but you know people and people know you. You get the luxury of playing with good people. No one knows me and no one wants to help us out. No one clue. That's the, that's the most untrue statement I might have ever heard. So when I was, when I was uh, going up through the ranks, I would always invite people and I would always get people accepting. I was playing people all the time. You ever look at my replay history? I used to... Lose in ranked and then immediately go to battle lounge and invite them. And I would like half the time get the people. Yeah, I mean people. There's people who won't accept my invite too. Don't, don't ever look at it like that. People want to play. Don't ever think that. Like, are you sending invites to people? Are you sending invites to people? You should be. But I bet you're not if you're having that issue. Invite people. They will They will come. Alex Noah says, Oh yes, that I should mention before I forget, I'm trying to learn Akuma myself to get an understanding of how the average Akuma player plays. Um, you know, this is something that I've, I feel like you do know by now if you were to actually sit and think about it. Good walk speed, uh, several air options, and neutral. So if you can just get, if you can remember his tools before you get into the matchup, and then actually this will be a good segue into our next topic of resources. Um, you should have a good idea of what the Akuma player wants to do at this point. He's been around in the game for a long time, and he's always been top tier. So he's always been a popular character. So by now, the only defense as an Akuma player I have is that you should know the dang matchup by now. If you don't know the Akuma matchup now, well, I guess it's better late than never, but um, you should definitely have an understanding about how that matchup works by now. If you're new to the game, that's a different story, but we've been playing for a long... That was an ass whooping, by the way.
Yeah, and then, you know, you can always watch your replays too. That's That goes aside from having a training partner, but you can learn from these guys. Oh, then he actually took a game off you? So, actually, with this next replay, we can, let's take a look at her resources and see how these guys use them. Because, as I mentioned before, there's a lot of things to take into account when we're talking about resources. It's not just how much bar you have and how much V-meter you have. Those are two things. But everything on the screen, as I mentioned before, is an indicator. It should, it should help you indicate what the person wants to do. We got full health and no resources. This means that both you guys, if you were to take a risk and it not work, it's going to be less painful than when you guys have, when you guys have super or full V-trigger or anything like that. This is your opportunity to try things out. See what happens. Which is what this guy does. He just kind of goes in there right away. Not even on a fucking... Not even on a hit confirm. He just literally went for it. This guy's really going for it. So, so now we... Let's take a look here. Gl Glitter has V-Trigger. With that kind of health... We ask ourselves... Is this is this a time when a V-Reversal would be worth it? This, this would be her last opportunity to use V-Reversal, I would say. If she's going to do it. You know, because if she uses two of them, she doesn't get V-Trigger and she is at quite a life deficit. So it's going to really help her a lot to get a comeback if she does have V-Trigger. While this guy has one bar, so he can maybe spend a turn on EX Fireball if he wants at the moment. Otherwise, I don't really know what else he'd want to do here, but let's find out. Okay, so is he going to burn the meter to try to get the kill? Oh, so he can't get it, I don't think. No. Okay, so now he's got one bar. She has, as we know, because we we know the matchup, is that she has no true reversal like that. She can't wake up DP and get out of there. So what is what is a poison supposed to do in this situation? It's a guess. It's either throw or not throw at this point. So let's see what happens. Okay, got lucky. Oh, there we go. Okay, so now let's take into account because you know what else? You know what else is a resource? A round win. So now this person has the confidence to do a little bit more because they just won a round. They think to themselves they have a little bit more of a breathing room. I can make a mis I can make a couple of mistakes, and I still have the I still have a round lead. So you can think of the round lead round lead as a giant life lead. They have a whole other health bar. That's how you can think about it. You know, I'm one I'm one game ahead or I'm one round ahead. I can afford to be a little bit more loosey goosey. So they walk in with the same exact concept, but this time Glitter does something different. A little bit more spacing there. She still has a bar. What, what would a Sakura do in this situation? Like with a cheap ass, like is there any cheap ass thing like EX Tatsu or something? To like close the gap faster? EX Fireball? You got two bars. Glitter has two bars, so a hit confirm can be really powerful right now, or she can take the approach of EX Heart Raid. These are things that, as the Sakura player, having a V, having a V bar, if po uh, Glitter wants to do an EX Heart Raid now, Sakura can do a V reversal and put her in the corner with a life lead, or I'm sorry, they don't have the life lead, but with a good enough of a life, uh, enough life to still get V trigger. So let's see what happens here. Oh, that was a good, interesting sweep. I feel like a heart rate is getting set up here. Oh, it goes for the overhead. So, that's something that I think normally, 
you should be attentive of. I mean, if you have a bar, if a poison has a bar, especially three bars and a lot of health, maybe you can consider the fact that if she's trying to burn a bar real quick, maybe it would be on something like a headbutt or I mean an overhead. In any case, they didn't see it coming. Okay, this was actually kind of sick. Right? Uh, I mean, yeah, they had the read. More power to them. So for all you guys watching, I should might, might as well make this big. So what could happen here? Okay, we got we still have a lot of time on the clock. Okay. All right, what happens here? Let's look at all these situations here. No one is gonna get stunned in this next scenario here. Uh, Reckless needs about what could kill him. A, a stand medium punch whiff punish or a stand heavy punch whiff punish would kill him or she can do EX heart rate and get that uh, plus two up close and maybe back throw for the kill if it hits maybe even let's see what happens okay so now is he gonna dash forward crouch medium kick again? No, he was about to dash forward DP. So this person isn't really, I mean, his name's Reckless Nick. It's right there in the name. So if we, we wanted to use another resource in your opponent's name, there it is. So now we're all tied up, a little bit of life lead and uh, maybe Reckless has a little bit, tiny bit better positioning and trying to get poison to the corner. The only problem is I don't think Reckless is thinking about getting him to the corner. That's what I was talking about. Like, if you don't know your character's game plan or you don't know the game plan against the, uh, the, the character, you might not be able to put up a strategy against that because they're not even doing what you think they should do. Like, like as a soccer player, he's leaning poison towards the corner, corner, but something tells me he doesn't even realize he should be doing that. You know? Like, I think he's just playing his game the way he wants to play it. He's not really thinking, how do I get it in the corner? In any case, well, he... Glitter responded really well there, actually, and jumping at the exact moment where they had some time on a counter hit. So that was good. So now they got super. Everyone's got super. Everyone's loaded up right now, and no real fear of stun yet. You should be always looking around as much as you can. You're not going to be able to catch everything. What I'm saying is all these things can give you an indicator of how things are going to play out. So now what's going to happen here? Uh, Reckless still has a lot of health, so he can V-Reversal right now and still get a V-Trigger, so that's an option. So, she might not want to do something that's like committing, like a big old heavy move into a, into a special, because he'd be able to V-Reversal out. And then he could wake up Super, wake up EXDP, so let's see what happens. Nothing. And, and missed Oki there. Oh wait, was that? No, that was just a delayed jab, okay. Okay. Oh, that was super ambiguous. Wow. Wake up, stand medium punch, huh? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Damn. Oof. Dying with full resources. So what should you have done here? I mean, you, uh, let's just assume you got hit by the cross-up. That's okay. Okay, and he didn't... He chose not to stun here. Oh, I see. 
would have been worth it to V reversal to lower stun. That's smart. See, Mag smart. I didn't even think about that. Even if, yeah, that's really smart. It's v reversal that. You, then you lose your V meter, V trigger, which means that you could V reversal again. Yeah, instead you got stun. That's really smart. Yeah, just to reduce the stun. That would have given it wouldn't have guaranteed a win, but it would have guaranteed you just one more opportunity. Instead of and you would have been able to take the throw potentially and not die there. So that's very smart. So if you know your opponent, you know their intention, you can read that through their resources. And we're talking about something like even building meter. Just recently, I was thinking about resources and I thought, I never really think about when someone's trying to build meter. Like, you know, fireball, for example, being a good way to build meter. So if you have an idea that someone might want to build meter, maybe that fireball will be a little bit more uh, telegraphed. You might be able to see a fireball coming when you know that someone wants to build meter. Um, so you, you might be able to read intentions on meter, even when it do doesn't come to like, oh, what EX move could they do now? Rather, what could they do to build bar here? There's just so many things to consider. And if you know how the character works, like for example, what's a good example for me? Well, I guess I know the Akuma mirror better than any other one. Or we were talking about Ryu yesterday, or I was talking about Ryu with, uh, yeah, during a training session yesterday, we were talking about Ryu and using fireballs to get EX fireball. So he was like throwing a ton of fireballs, but it was every time he would get the bar, he would immediately throw an EX fireball after that. So not only would you be able to see when he has a bar and wants to use EX fireball, but also that he's trying to build it with his fireball. So if you know that he's trying to build it with fireball, that would give you a better read on, okay, from here, he wants, he wants a fireball. So I'm gonna get ready for that. It helps you see more when you check out all the resources, just as for example, like if you have five seconds on the clock and you have a life lead, they have to do something, right? That's like an extreme example, but you need to make something happen. You can't critical art in that time, you know, unless you're Balrog, I think. Or people who will intentionally block mediums or heavies to try to build out last bit of V-Trigger. Yeah, see Mag's a little step, of a, a step ahead. He's been thinking about this a little longer. So I need to get people like him in the chat because he says a couple things that I'll overlook and that's why I always like it when you guys chime in on uh, the subject. Um, actually, I applied that for the first time in uh, my tournament the other day where I saw that he had V-Meter. He needed one more chip from a fireball to get V-Meter, but I needed one little bit of uh, a special move to get uh, Super. So I did Tatsu. So that's the first time I ever thought to myself, that was probably like my most meter recognition based moment where I was like, oh shit, he's got V meter in one hit. I got super in one special. I want to throw fireball so bad, but I don't want to give him that V trigger right now. So that was a moment for me, but then I got hit and died. Yeah, so I didn't execute it correctly. But the point is I thought of something. I was paying attention. And it was not a bad thought. I just need to develop a little bit more. So resources are resource awareness is just as important as character awareness. If you are not aware of the resources, you're getting hit with EX fireball. This happens all the time. How many times do you get hit with fucking EX fireball? Because you can't block it on reaction. 
So that's what they rely on. They go boom, 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 boom. Because you're trying to like block fireballs like boop, 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 and then brah. If you could see that, it's it's almost clear. Thank you for listening. The rest of that topic hour was just me watching replays without saying too much, so I left that part out. I'm going to try to focus a little bit more on the audio aspect of that to make these podcasts feel more complete. So I'll see you guys in the second episode.